It's a book truck journey. Come along with me. It's a book truck journey. Come along with me. Hello on a rainy day here in Edmonton. Oh, friends, it is so good to talk to you. So welcome back to the Book Truck Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and as most of you know, I run a bookshop on wheels in Edmonton, Canada. It is such a fun thing to have a really unique job that makes people's eyebrows go up and say, you do what? And then add this podcast to it so that I can talk a little bit about the behind the scenes work and share with you some of the amazing people I meet on this crazy book truck journey. So today I'm going to share with you a story from somebody who is very near and dear to me. Her name is Carrie Brigden. Now, Carrie, I have known for quite a while, and she has a musical talent that is incredible. She's got a wonderful heart. She's a mom. She's a nurse. She's a a wife. She's just, she's so many amazing things. And knowing her is to have sunshine light up your life. And it has been an honor for Carrie Brigden to write the jingle that all of you hear when you tune into this podcast. She wrote the song, she performed it, and she beautifully provided it for me so that I can present it to you. I'm thrilled that you guys get to hear her every week, and now you're going to hear a little bit about her. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on the Book Track Chronicles, Carrie. I'm so glad to talk to you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about you, because even though I know you and I love you already, so I'm beyond thrilled that you have written and performed the theme song for this podcast. So can you give us a little history of your musical background? Yeah, so I basically started singing when I was really young, like um, started singing for things as soon as I was able to really, and then it kind of became more a little bit more in high school. So I learned how to play guitar so that I could be back up for myself and start writing. And then, so through high school and university is when I really was focusing on writing a little, a little bit more on playing in cafes and performing and that kind of thing. And then more recently I've been leading worship in our church quite a bit. And that's been my main focus as of late. So it was fun to get back into doing a little bit writing of writing for your podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, I I love how it sounds. And every time when I play with it and I, I put it into the different episodes, I catch myself singing it. And then Mark says, well, you're going to have that in your head all day. <laughs> because I just keep singing it. All day, every day. <laughs> every day. Yep. When I took Hannah to hear you and Michael perform at the cafe a little while ago, mm-hmm. we had the greatest time because all of a sudden it was like sitting in church and watching you up on stage and reliving all of those great warm feeling memories of you leading worship and just sharing in those beautiful musical moments. Hmm. We just talked about it and loved it after. It was such a great night. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Now, do you have a favorite memory as a musician? Um, I think one of my most like epic memories when I was first starting out was we wrote a song for our high school graduation, me and a few friends, and we got to perform that in the Jubilee Auditorium for our whole class and all of their families and everything. And I think that was probably one of my most like memorable, (laughs) (laughs) memorable experiences. 
um, <laughs> kind of early on in getting more involved in music. And but other than that, I don't know, just leading worship at our church is honestly one of my favorite things to do now. Um, but that was probably one of the most memorable opportunities I had kind of starting to get more involved in music. Well, I think anybody who hears you is just so blessed and grateful that they have a chance because it's, you have one of those voices that is, it's deep. It's not high and opera kind of sound. It just has this beautiful tone to it that Mm. resonates with you. I've I've always loved it. And I always feel so grateful when I get a chance to hear it. So the fact that I get to play it every week on the podcast is a thrill for me. It just is. Oh, I'm glad. Now you, besides being a musician, you also are a nurse. That is correct. correct? So you are in a very heroic field right now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. feels kind of crazy sometimes. Um, I'm pregnant also right now, so I'm not. I'm I'm working part time, and I'm trying to avoid doing any more than I have to at this point, just just to kind of limit my exposure to other people. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely a great career like I love people and I love helping people so it's a great opportunity for that it really is it really is Mm -hmm. and are there any common myths about COVID-19 that you could kind of debunk for us um I don't know about myths but I like I think one of the biggest things right now for me is just the idea of I just think it's so awesome how we can all come together as a community during this. It's such a unique and weird time. Um, and yeah, like theoretically it would maybe happen all faster if, if it, the infection just went crazy and, and it would be over with faster, but just the ability to come together as a community to, um, like prevent it from overloading our health system and so that the least amount of people can have negative outcomes as possible is I think a great opportunity, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's just a, it feels like it's totally a new thing that no one's experienced before in our lifetime. And I don't know, I definitely don't envy the people making high up decisions in all of this. Oh, that's a very good point. Totally good point. And it's true. It, it does feel almost surreal mm-hmm. that we are going through this and we're all changing the way we do our every day. Mm-hmm. It, it feels almost like something you read about in a book or you've seen in a TV show or a movie. But this is our every day now. This is our normal. And it's, it is a peculiar thing, but I agree with you. I love the stories of how people are creating community that didn't exist before and they're feeling grateful and showing appreciation for things that they just took for granted before Mm -hmm. it's kind of an amazing thing how difficulty university really makes you shine if you let it yeah for sure and you said that you are expecting right now congratulations thank you (laughs) you already have a little girl yes now now you told me before when i asked you about being on the podcast that in terms of books a lot of the books you're reading right now are like storybooks for bedtime yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how your life can go through different seasons of reading. Yeah, sure. it definitely has. <laughs> so what books are recurring favorites for Maddie's bedtime? Um, right now, I'm noticing, so she's uh, like 21 and a half months. So she's 
kind of just in between one and a half and two years old. And she, so with me being pregnant and with the baby coming, I've been noticing she's really enjoying books that talk about that or like in a, a couple of the books that she really likes. One of them is called Franklin's Baby Sister. And she just loves that book. It's like we had read a book before about her being a big sister, but it just kind of started when the baby arrived and she just yeah. didn't really seem to get it. Um, but then when we started reading this Franklin's baby sister book, it starts from when Franklin's mom is pregnant and expecting the baby and waiting for the season to change, to know that the baby's coming. And ever since then, she's been a lot more interactive with the baby like initiating kissing my tummy or hugging my tummy or leaning in and saying hi so it's been that's been really cool she's been really loving that book and a lot of books with like repetition she's starting to love finishing the lines of each of the sentences which amazes me every time (laughs) and the other book she really loves right now uh, like any books with babies she just she loves taking care of her baby dolls and reading about books where they're taking care of little babies or baby dolls she has this one little old golden book called little mummy and it's just a little girl who is talking about how she like takes care of her dolls as if she's their little mummy and uh-huh. Maddie loves that book so much she's always like mummy little <laughs> Oh. It's so cute. <laughs> I guess that's very true, isn't it? You're think, you're talking about a lot of the books are after the babies are born. That is true in mm-hmm. terms of older siblings. They don't have a context. They don't know how to understand that. Mm-hmm. So unless it's in a book where they have a little bit of um, an experience related to that story, it's very hard to communicate with them to say, oh, there's a human in here. Yeah. This is going to write. Like, how do they get that? Yeah, because at first when we told her that, she was pointing to her tummy and being like, baby, and daddy's (laughs) tummy, baby, and grandma's tummy, baby. (laughs) Now she seems to understand it's just mommy's tummy. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. I think she'll be a really, really good big sister. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And when you were young, were there any books that made a significant impact on you? Um, One of the books, actually, that I got like a small more condensed version of for Maddie from from a friend was is the you are special book by Max Lucado and it just reminded me so much of how much I love that book I think I actually more so got exposed to it even as a teenager like someone had read it to me when I was at a summer camp and we just talked about the meaning behind it so basically the idea behind this book is that there's this village of wooden people and and a carver named Eli. And so all of the wooden people give either gray dots or golden star stickers to each other, depending on whether they think they've done something cool or fun or whether they're not very good at something, they get a gray dot. Um, And if they're good at something or they're pretty, then they get gold stars. And then, so basically this little wooden person wooden Wemmick they're called named Punchinello is really sad because he always has the most gray dots and so he meets this girl Lucia that has no dots at all and she tells him that's because she goes to see Eli the carver 
And so he goes to see Eli and Eli tells him, tells him, um, they're like, my opinion of you is the only one that matters. And if you remember that, then the dots won't stick. And so then after that, after he spends more time with Eli, the dots don't stick anymore. And I just love the picture of that and how, um, like, especially even just now in motherhood, like, there's so much comparison and possibility for comparing yourselves to others and whether you're doing enough or not enough or it just reminds me that like God, my father, like he loves me so much no matter what. And if I focus on that, then none of that other stuff matters. And yeah, I think that's the book that had the most impact on me growing up. That is such a powerful book. I remember reading that story for, um, my daughter's, you know, reading week. I thought, oh, I'll read this book because it has such significant uh, history for me, mm-hmm. and it's got such a powerful message. And I would love for them to see the way God sees them. And so I had this beautiful idea, and I sat down to read this story. And as I'm getting into it, I'm starting to get teary, and I, can't, and I could. And they're like, "What's wrong with your mom?" And I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wanted them so badly to personalize the image of that book and not tear each other down, not worry about things. And mm-hmm. I just had such a great idea and it, it didn't work because I just became the mom who cried. <laughs> and, and every time I, I think about that story, I remember thinking how valuable it was. If you could talk, walk away with that book and just feel as if you got a little smidgen of it, mm-hmm. it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And I used to read that one to our foster kids when we had them as well, mm. hoping that they would recognize that sometimes, you know, you don't get to decide what other people say about you or what stickers they're going to put on you, but you get to decide what you think you're worth and who decides that for you. Yeah. And what matters. Ultimately. Yeah. 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 Maddie really likes that book right now. And I think it's interesting because like she doesn't really have the capacity to fully understand it yet but I it seems like she gets it just a little bit oh good so it's kind of yeah it's interesting there's a few books in that series yeah there's quite a few but yeah for Mm -hmm. some reason that one has stuck out to me so much yeah that's that's a great great choice yeah (laughs) that is a good one and are there any uh, any books that you are reading for you right now that are not story time books um, <laughs> to be honest, I think the most recent book that I read that was like an adult book was about potty training. So <laughs> I don't think that was exactly my <laughs> first choice of leisure books. Um, but the most recent stuff that I've really enjoyed reading, I really just generally most get into like easy to read, like family drama fiction type stuff like Karen Kingsbury has a lot of those books that I used to just not be able to put down but it's been a while since I've read those but yeah her books are really compelling I've always enjoyed them mm-hmm. and what um what was the last great book that you read that's a question I ask everybody so if it has been a while since you read a book for you or something that could be a little, a little different. really absolutely loved reading so much when I was a kid and into junior high and high school even I read a lot for fun and then I found university kind of messed me up (laughs) like having to read so much made it like hard to 
read for fun. And I feel like I'm still kind of recovering from that. So like while I enjoy, I know I would enjoy it. I just need to actually like pick up a book and not, I sometimes I feel like I pressure myself that I should be reading something like helpful and instructional almost like not like a self-help book but like something that's more teaching something rather than just reading something that I just enjoy for fun and Uh so I think I just need to give myself a break so I think that's why I honestly can't even remember (laughs) what like the last like greatest book that I've read is it's so funny that you say that about university wrecking your reading life. I just <laughs> talked to somebody else on the podcast this last week, and they said the same thing. Oh, really? That they, have, <laughs> that they have not fully recovered from what university has done to their reading life. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. Like, when you have to, the amount of reading that you have to do and you're forced to do, it's hard to find time for fun reading. And then I think I just kind of got out of the habit. It's so true. And I think that's exactly what it is. You nailed it. It is a habit. When you're younger, you just don't really think much of it. And you can just do it and continue it. Yeah. But when university takes precedence and you have all these timelines and expectations, stuff you have to read instead of things you want to read, mm-hmm. it, it trades in your, in your thinking what books are for. Yeah. And I think I feel like, I, again, I, I think I feel like a pressure on myself to read um like nonfiction, more like, like talking about like issues or like getting, improving things in your life or spiritual life or that kind of thing. And I, it almost, I don't allow myself the opportunity to just read something just for fun anymore. So I think I probably just need to cut myself some slack. Oh, you totally do. Yeah. You totally do. And if you want to raise kids that are readers yeah one of the best ways for that to happen is for them to see you reading true right so sometimes that's a really good impetus you know like all of a sudden we as parents make really good decisions about what we do with our time and how we eat and the kind of things we watch because our kids are there so the same thing can happen for reading true where all of a sudden you want them to become readers so you can say hey let's read together or whatever and they think reading is awesome because mom does it yeah true enough it becomes a habit that they've started. Yeah, that they will probably lose in university. Yeah, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting thing. Well, there's so many great books that you could choose, but by all means, give yourself a break. And if you start a book and you don't love it, you don't have to finish it. That you know, is there's no true. rule about that. Yeah, I always felt guilty about that. <laughs> Not <laughs> finishing a book. It. I don't know. It's just a thing. <laughs> I've noticed that during this whole isolation COVID thing. I, the number of books that I have stopped reading has been really high. Oh, really? We're usually, yeah. I think I just read a book and I think, okay, no, I'm just not in the mood for that. Or that's not the tone I'm looking for right now. Yeah. I feel very particular. So if it doesn't work for me, I just shut that down. And I put it aside and I move on. True enough. Lately, I've been listening to, like, the most recent books I've listened to have been via audio. Yeah. Which has been That's helpful. helpful. Mm-hmm. And were they, did they have a really good narrator? Because that can really make it or break it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of them were good. Yeah, a couple of them have been, eh. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite as good. Well, that does count as reading, you know. Okay. 
Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right on track. And it's, it's okay to listen to stuff that is silly or, you know, like mind candy or whatever. Sometimes that's okay too. Um, mm. I like to listen to a lot of books when I'm driving that are different from what I listen to when I'm like folding laundry. Mm. They're different, different tone. Yeah. Like one of the most recent ones was my husband and I, when we were getting married, we read through most of Love and Respect. And there are a lot of things in there that I found super helpful. And another book that was like things I wish I'd known before I got married, I believe it was by Gary Chapman. And oh, right. those books were super helpful. We started the things I wish I knew before I became a parent, but we never ended up finishing that one. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd like to. Um, but yeah, those were actually really, really helpful for us. Did you ever read his, um, the five love languages? You know, I don't think I've actually read the whole thing, but I've definitely at least skimmed it and kind of gotten the cliff notes of it and have found the love languages concept extremely helpful. Oh yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I've actually ever read it like cover to cover. I went to, um, hear him speak once where he talked about the five love languages and how you can apply it to parenting, to marriage, to mm. coworkers. Mm -hmm. um, and I also did read the five love languages for parenting, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And the funny thing about that too, is just when you think you figured it out with one child, your next one will be totally different. And so you'll have to rethink how you approach them because <laughs> the same techniques and the same um, love language skills will be a little bit different. So how you apply them is constantly changing. Yeah, true. Yeah, and then of course they get older and it changes again. <laughs> I remember with, with Sydney, I thought, okay, man, I figured you out. This book was so helpful and I feel like I nailed it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she kind of had to grow up and, oh, sick, I had to start all over. I had to <laughs> kind of, I had to figure her out and get to know her all over again as she changed. Oh, wow. So it's, you're constantly being educated about who your kids are. And the books are great, but sometimes you just have to spend time studying them and letting them tell you who they are. Yeah, for sure. It's a very exciting process. And she's 18 and I'm still learning who she is. So do you have any advice for new moms or anybody who is, um, let me think, oh, you've got so many great skills. Anybody who's in the medical field or anybody who is, looking to um, practice music. You have so many great bits of wisdom. Do you have anything you'd like to offer us for advice? Um, I think the biggest thing right now is just like to have grace for yourself. This is a really unique season of life, especially particularly right now. I just feel People just need to have grace for however they're dealing with this. And some people are frustrated that some people are taking it too seriously. And some people are frustrated that um, people aren't taking it seriously enough. And some people think they're not doing enough or accomplishing enough during this time. Um, but I think more than anything, like just have grace for whatever you are feeling or dealing with in this time right now and everyone's struggling in a different way and just having grace for each other in that too especially as a, a mom I think just kind of setting expectations aside and and just doing the best you can to love your kids and your family in this season that 
has been presented to you. That's nicely said. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, I agree. I think that there are times right now where we can waffle between being too hard or too lax. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's depending on the day and how we're feeling and how we're coping with this, it's okay to waffle a little bit, but definitely to err on the side of grace is it, that is strong wisdom. Yeah. And nailed it. And some days you may feel like, what's the big deal? Like I'm not stressed about this at all. And some days you may be like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And, but, and that's okay. It's normal for it to change all the time. And, and just to like have support around you as much as possible. It's true. And, and to connect with people, I think that are on the fringes who maybe aren't as willing to seek you out. You Mm -hmm. have to sometimes look for them and say, Hey, haven't heard from you for a while. How are you coping over there? Yeah. I heard an author today do a little video and she said, remember when we used to wear clothes? Remember when we used to wear buttons on our, on our jeans and <laughs> we used to put on real shoes and she was having this kind of melancholy moment. It was humorous about how the world has changed and all the things we took for granted. And, and at the end, the whole idea of it was very much what you're saying just about today is different, but you know what? Just go with it. Enjoy the people around you smile when you can. You know, mm-hmm. laugh at the things that are different, but be kind to one another. And, For sure. And I think that, I think your word about grace is, is right on point. We definitely do need that for each other. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm just trying to just appreciate the good of this season. Um, like right now, we're getting a lot more family time and before having another baby come into our lives. And I think that's a really special, unique opportunity. Um, I know it's definitely not the same for everyone, especially if people are still having to work from home. That can be a very stressful environment being around (laughs) each other more. Um, But uh, like that's definitely been a great thing that's come out of this for us. And it's not that everything is perfect or that there aren't other struggles, but that is one thing that's been really positive. So well, I, I think that you're doing a great job. And I've, I've loved all the things that you're posting on social media. And I get that social media is not always how things really are. But I I love having a little bit of insight into how you guys are doing as a, as a unit, as a family. And I think that you guys are going to just blossom when your new baby arrives. And you're doing such a great job as a mom, Karen. You really are. Oh, thanks, you're, you're Randy. Just, you're just doing so great. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. And I thank you so much for doing the song, the podcast. It's it's so it's so beautiful, and every time I hear it, I'm just I'm so grateful for you. Oh, well, I was very glad and honored to be able to do it for you. So thanks for asking. You're welcome. I've loved having you on here and letting other people hear who you are because definitely people have sent me messages and said, "Who is that girl who did your song?" Uh-huh. So now they can hear you and hear a little bit of your heart and what's important to you. So I'm glad to share that with them. All good. And now it's time to roll on up to the business bar, where we get to sit down, have a drink, and talk about all things business. Book truck business, that is. You pretty much can't turn anything on these days without somebody commenting on what a difficult season this is and how challenging it is and how we all need to pivot and reorient ourselves to a new way of doing life. This is all very true. 
um, the truth of it also is that maybe we need to stop talking about how different it is and just get used to the idea that this is now what is normal. So I have gotten used to the idea that as a book truck owner, I have to be used to the idea that I am no longer really in control. Now, for a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, we like to be in control of things. We like to know what's happening. We like to set a schedule, have a list of expectations, and then meet them. Heck, you know what? We want to exceed them. That's what we do. But it's really hard now because we don't know what's coming next. So trying to take steps regularly with uncertainty is a bit of a challenge. And I've talked to so many food truck operators and vendors at different events who are all talking about how they either have to reorient themselves or they have to get out of the way. And there have been an awful lot of small business owners who normally would attend markets or events or who do small businesses in their community who just can't function anymore. Now, I don't know what everybody's situation is, but I know for me, as a book truck business, I have to think of it a little bit differently. So I mentioned before that Daisy, my book truck, is not only just a book shop on wheels, but she's also a delivery truck. Now she really wasn't doing that before, but that is what is required now. So that is a new need that I will meet and I will meet it happily. Can I also now do some markets and events? Yes, but much less than I did before. So everywhere I go now, I am so grateful to be there because not only have they made wonderful permission for me to be there, but they've also crossed off their own list as organizers, all the extra things they have to do just to keep these events running. They have to make sure there's one-way traffic and there's hand sanitation stations and there are masks and everything is wiped down and there are hand washing stations at all the booths and all these different things. So they're watching for so many more things than they did before so that we can have something slightly familiar and pretend like we're doing what we used to do all the time. It is an awful lot of things to juggle and to think about. And so when I am there now, I recognize the weight of privilege to be able to do this job, to be invited and to take part in a market or a community event where before people didn't even know if anything was going to happen. So now that it's there, we all have this shared feeling of pleasure and gratitude to be able to do these jobs in this space during this time. It is really awesome and I've missed so many of your faces. So when you come into the truck and of course I'm seeing there again the deer in the headlights look when you see Daisy for the first time. Oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yes, she really is. And to have the bookish conversations with you and to be able to meet the needs of your reading life, it is an absolute thrill. I do not want anybody to think that I'm just, oh, I'm just, you know, books in my trunk and I'm just handing books and taking money and it's a light thing. I do not take it lightly at all. Whether it is a 99 cent kids book or it is a $30 adult new book from a publisher, I am so grateful to have the opportunity to be chosen by you to take that book off the shelf and put it in your hands, knowing that you will spend hours with that book that I have prepared for you. It is really such a privilege. And I just want to take a moment and say to all small business owners, whatever your business is, please keep in mind that you are in the business of serving your people well right now. 
find out how you can serve them better because their needs need you to serve them better. So instead of just doing what you normally did, find out what the stresses are, what the burdens of them are, and and honestly, what it is that you can do that nobody else can do quite like you can. Just because the world is changing right now does not mean that you don't have something special that you can do that nobody else can do like you. So whether it is you crochet doilies or you make candles or you make jam or you make beef jerky, I don't know, whatever it is you do. You do something special that nobody else can do quite like you and you have a unique personality and a unique brand that will present it to people that are looking for exactly what you offer. Now, maybe they weren't looking for you before, but they're looking for you now. So please do not slack off on your social media and all of your marketing. They do not know how to find you. You have to go and you have to find them. Be what they need. Sometimes that means asking them questions. So if you have a new audience right now, this is a perfect time to say, how can I help you? What do you need? And if that means they make suggestions of something that you didn't think about, okay, don't be arrogant. Take their suggestions and run with it. When somebody asks me if I can do something, typically I'm going to say yes, even if I've never done it before. And then you know what? I'm going to just figure out how to darn well do it. That's it. That's that's what you do. When you pivot in this industry, you have to actually say, I'm going to do whatever it takes so that you can rest and you can be content in my service. That is it. You guys, whatever it is you're doing, please find the confidence and the, the satisfaction knowing that whatever it is you're doing, people are looking for you. People want what you've got. So go out there and get them. Just go get them. And that's what I wanted to say today. I just, I know that it's really hard for so many businesses and for so many people who are looking to support businesses, but they don't know exactly where to spend their dollars. Because frankly, we think of it in terms of business as money that we're losing, which is not untrue. But think of it the other way too. There is not as much money to spend because a lot of people have lost their jobs. So we are not just chasing the dollars that existed out there before. There's less money sometimes to be spent. So please, please consider your audience, consider how you can serve them best as their lives change and balance your business to match the needs of the industry around you. It is a crazy time, but let's not, let's not be, let's not be too cocky and arrogant. Oh, I'm not going to change what I do. What I've got is perfect. I'm never going to change it. Ah, please come on. The business world is changing. Your audience is changing. So we have to change too. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm thrilled to do this job. You know this. You're probably sick of hearing me say it. I love my job. But People want to support somebody who loves what they do and loves who they do it for. Love your people, guys. These are not just people who give you money. These are the people who choose to support you. I have a quote over my desk that is by Seth Godin, and it says, You are not here for the whole world. You are here for the few who choose you. Be there for those who choose you, you guys. And I would love to know from all of the small business owners and entrepreneurs out there who are trying to make a new way in this crazy world, I would love to hear from you. What are you doing differently? How are you serving your people in ways you didn't do before, but you're discovering, huh, 
this is pretty cool. I would love to hear it. Let's share those ideas and, and I can talk about you and celebrate all the cool things you are doing to make your business special now. All right, friends. So that is it. I am going to sign off here. I'm going to go upstairs and have some dessert with my kids. And I might even read a book later. Yeah, I just might do some reading. I'm reading The Winter Garden by Kristen Hanna right now. It's pretty darn good. I think I might just kick back with some Earl Grey tea and enjoy that some more tonight. So whatever you are doing right now, I hope you are healthy, you are happy, and you are finding the most in every day. Book truck life is not just about books, it is also a business. So whatever your business is, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. Have a good day, everybody. It's a book truck journey, come along with me. It's a book truck journey.